0: The Arkansas Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly podcast is powered by Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop and Jonesboro and CrumbleCookies.com. All right. Good morning, Arkansas. You're about to check out a podcast that we did with Dr. Shane Spines. He is the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. Kelly calls him Dr. Feelgood. Yes. So uh, we're about to talk to him about uh, what happened with LeBron James's son, Bronny. Uh, if you remember he was 18 years old, suffered cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. What's the story on that? Is there anything with vaccines involved? We talk about that. Uh, we also talk about how we can protect our kids. Check it out here, Dr. Shane Spike. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K Fine Breakfast Club. Hey,
1: welcome back everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry.
0: We are joined this morning by the man who is hotter than summer in Arkansas. He's the one that makes you feel all right. He's the one they call feel yeah, yeah. good. He's going to be your Frankenstein. i got one thing you'll
1: understand. Dr. Shane Spines. what you call a grand
0: respect? Dr. Shane Spines. i got one thing that's easily understood. Dr. Shane Spines. He's the Dr. He is the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. He runs the school. <laughs> he is Dr. Feelgood, Dr. Shane Spites. Good morning, sir.
1: Morning, guys. Morning. I don't know that I'm hotter than an Arkansas summer cuz Arkansas wife said. summers have been really hot. <laughs> my wife said. Yes. my my, my big fan base. Yes. <laughs> you have one. That's right. Fan uh, base my inner one, yeah.
0: Hey, so we mentioned the NYIT, College of Osteopathic Medicine. I saw something you guys were putting out the other day, that the whole school is more than just medical school. What's the deal with that?
1: So um, one of the things that we we want to make sure people recognize, obviously we train physicians. Uh, we get an action. we got a new class starting here in about a week and a half, about a week and a half or two weeks. we got a new class coming in, um, another 120 uh, new students who will be starting medical school. Um, and so excited about that. but what we do is we've got a lot of community engagement. And what I mean by that is we've got a lot of programs for K-12, for even undergrad, just talking about general health, um, looking at the Mississippi Delta region, the area that we're in here in terms of our health outcomes. You know, we've got uh, some, some challenges here in the Delta region. And so we're trying to figure out what are ways that we can help possibly impact the outcomes um, in this area. And so we've got some great projects coming up. Actually, we've got a Couple of announcements that we'll hopefully be making here in the next uh, couple of weeks. A couple of big announcements in terms of some some things that we're going to be uh, doing uh, more uh, specific to the region that, that we're excited to be talking about. But uh, we say more than a medical school because it's not just that we graduate physicians. We truly are trying to engage in the health of the communities of the state and the region.
0: I think it's important too to realize that now Northeast Arkansas has a place where if somebody wanted to, you know, learn how to be a physician, how to be a doctor. they can stay at home. Now, I know people from all over the state and really all over the Mid-South come here to go to school, but man, for the people in Northeast Arkansas, this is something great to
1: have. Oh, it's a big deal. And we were um, just, I think this last year, we graduated our first student who literally never left the city limits of Jonesboro for their education. So they went to school, they did K-12 here in Jonesboro, they went to school at Arkansas State University, went to medical school, at our medical school, and now they're doing their training at one of our local hospitals. So both St. Bernard's and NEA Baptist have have the training that occurs right after medical school, which is generally either internal medicine or like family medicine or something like that. Mm -hmm. So literally you don't have to leave the city limits of Jonesboro to become an actively practicing board certified physician. That's so great. Mm-hmm.
0: Hey, if people want to find out more, maybe there's somebody on that journey or there's a parent who knows their kid has that interest. What can they do to find out more about what you guys do?
1: So, yeah, so on our website, NYT.edu, so www.nyt.edu. Now we're obviously affiliated in uh, New York. We're affiliated with our New York parent institution there in Long Island. But you can go there and you can go to our Arkansas site and you can actually find out all kinds of stuff about what we're doing and what we're about, and just reach out to us. We give tours, obviously for um, individuals who are interested in what we're doing there. and so I uh, love to talk about to future students or potential students about um, about medical school and everything that we've got going on. We're starting to even launch some some other programs looking at expanding and doing some programs maybe even that that are outside of physician training. That's great.
0: Hey, one thing I wanted to talk about for sure this week in Doc Talk, <clears throat> because it was a big trending topic and it still is today. Uh, LeBron James Jr. They call him Bronny. He's 18 years old. He was practicing on Monday, practicing basketball at USC. And what they're saying is it was like a cardiac incident, cardiac arrest. He was rushed to the hospital. He was unconscious. Uh, we don't see this a ton, but it does, <clears throat> but it does happen from time to time. And it makes big time news when it happens. What's the story on an 18 year old who appears to be an athlete and healthy, all of a sudden going through a cardiac event?
1: You know, like you said, you'll see this every once in a while, and some people may be thinking back, you know, well, didn't we just see this with Demar Hamlin, yep. you know, not that long ago, um, you know, back earlier this year, in terms of what he had, his, his event. <clears throat> Here's what people need to recognize, and it's really kind of, I'm not trying to get too deep into it, but it's how the heart works. So the way the heart works, if you'll think for a second, like when you have a light switch and you flip on the light switch and the light comes on, and you flip it off and the light goes off. The heart's... Kind of the same way. And what I mean by that is when the switch goes, there's an electrical impulse that then goes and turns the light on. And so when you think about the heart pumping, you hit the switch on, the light comes on, think about the heart squeezing. And then when you turn the light switch <laughs> off, then the heart relaxes. And so the same thing. So on, off, on, off, on, off. Well, some people, um, what happens is, is maybe the, the wire that goes from the switch to the light, maybe it's not... Maybe it's broken. And well, what I mean by that is maybe it's the, the integrity's not as great, or maybe it's got a chance that that, that that circuit does not complete. If that happens, it can throw the heart into a different rhythm. Okay. Now, most of the time it works just fine. Most of the time it works just fine. But for some people, under certain situations, it may not work. And what happens then is then the heart, then it deviates. And so instead of the light switch coming on, you know, all of a sudden you don't have that happen, and then the electricity goes somewhere else. And that's what can happen in these young athletes. Now they do I'll say here locally we have um when um we do the uh physical exams they do out out on the A State campus for, for high school students in this region. Um one of the things that they do, I believe St. Bernard's is the sponsor of this, one of the things they do is they'll do an EKG. And so and it's it's here's what's the strange thing is it's not something we generally do for every athlete, but it's something that they do if they look at it. And every year they'll usually pick up a couple of students who have this abnormal rhythm that have not had any issues at all, but they can see it on that EKG and it warrants further evaluation or at least a workup or at least some monitoring. Um, And so now that's a, that's a little different than what I'm talking about now and what happened to uh, LeBron's son's a little different than what happened to DeMar Hamlin. He was just, to be honest with you, wrong place at the wrong time when he got struck in the chest. Uh, that caused that that that, that um, strike to the chest caused this abnormal rhythm. Uh, so sometimes just a blunt force, uh, you know, not too much, not too little, right over the heart, can cause the same thing as this abnormal um, abnormal conduction or this abnormal movement of the electricity. Yeah. Like I said, the heart has its own electrical system, and if that electrical system gets screwed up at all then it just doesn't function correctly, and it can kind of send you off, and all of a sudden now, I mean, as you see, you'll see cardiac arrest. Luckily, that's where, and that's why we have these AEDs all over the place. An AED generally can correct that. So if it's the, if it's the correct, um, it, it, the, the AED will, will analyze it. It'll look at the rhythm. It'll say, hey, I think I could fix this with a shock advisor or something like that. That's why it's important that we have these, you know, churches, you know, convocation centers, convention centers, large gatherings, um, you know, and most of these things are pretty idiot-proof for the most part. What I mean by that is you kind of just open it up, turn it on, it tells you exactly what to do. and So the average person should be able to use an AED. Now, we we recommend training just so that you're kind of familiar with it, but for the most part, uh, these things just walk you through what you should be doing, and and they are absolutely lifesavers.
0: Again, Doctor Shane Spites is on with us this morning doing some doc talk. Uh, one more thing on Bronnie James. I did see a whole bunch of stuff on social media, and I'm sure you saw it as well, where the anti-vax crowd came out and said, "Oh, this is because of the COVID vaccine, and maybe blah blah blah." We don't even know if he got the COVID vaccine, but it, you know, people want something to jump on. Um, is there anything that we've seen where this vaccine really causes issues with stuff like this? Or no,
1: not. I mean, here's <laughs> this is I think one of the frustrating things is that that. For the most part, anything like any kind of ill effect that you would have had from from a vaccine of any kind or something like that, generally is going to be short lived, okay. and so it's not going to be something that shows up a year, two years, three years, four years later. Um, so it's going to be something that that uh, most side effects of things like that you would see. Um, I think in terms of the, the COVID vaccine, I'll be honest with you, we're probably going to hear about that until either until the people saying that just Die off or move tell tell right. on to something else. Because sure. I think I see some of the same stuff there. Um, I think it gets blamed for a lot. Um, we are uh, finding out, you know, as we look the way that most medical literature works is we do look back at things for years and years and years. And there's lots of things that were that we look back on in terms of COVID that um, that we're finding out. You know, most of the stuff is consistent with what we thought at the time, but some of the things are surprising. Um, And that'll continue. I mean, to be honest, for the next 10 years or so, people will study what happened during COVID.
0: One more thing on kind of the heart related stuff. We have a coworker um, who a family member went through a deal um, about my age, 46, and all of a sudden went through, um, you know, a pretty massive heart attack. And you realize at that point that there were some blockages, more blockages than you thought, some at a hundred percent. And, you know, it's kind of a wake up call for me that, you know, I think, oh, that's going to happen, you know, at an advanced age, but and this person looks healthy, and you would have never thought there was an issue there, and it was at the age of 46. And What can we do to to kind of be ahead of the game so we don't run through that situation? Because, again, in the mid-40s, a lot of people aren't thinking about that unless there's a major family history, and he wasn't either, and all of a sudden, boom, you realize he had so many blockages.
1: No, absolutely. And those things, um, you know, sometimes you'll hear about an individual. Unfortunately, you'll hear about somebody just, you know, dropping over, like in the middle of, you know, Walmart or something like that, and people are like, you know, we had no idea or there were no symptoms, usually there's going to be something that you can pick up on, you know, even though it may be vague. And so I think what's important for your listeners to know is that um, the big things that we see on the medical side is somebody maybe, like if you take off for a walk and you're walking across the parking lot, then all of a sudden you get a little winded or you have any chest pain at all. You should get that checked out immediately that's something you absolutely should get checked out we don't take that lightly because what happens is in terms of those blockages when your heart starts to beat faster because let's say you need more blood flow, like if you're like i said walking around the neighborhood even walking across the parking lot or doing you know something strenuous your your heart is saying okay look we need more blood well when you've got those blockages then you can't deliver that blood and when you can't deliver that blood then the response is is usually pain, pain, shortness of breath, you get sick at your stomach, you break out in a cold sweat. Those are Mm. big warning signs. Don't ignore those. Go to the emergency room, get that checked out, because that can be indicative of significant blockages that exist that you don't even know about. And one of the things, too, and we talk about, um, I have these conversations in my clinic, we talk about high blood pressure, we talk about diabetes, we talk about those being the silent killers. And I, I can't tell you how many times I have this conversation with somebody who's sitting there, they've got high blood pressure and they're like, doc, I don't, I don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. And I said, I know, you know, you don't feel bad now because it, it's not something that, that you really notice. But right now, as high as your blood pressure is, let's say it's in the one sixties or one seventies or something like that, it's causing damage to the inside of your arteries. Mm-hmm. And the way your body works is your body repairs itself. And so it's repairing that damage by laying down plaque. And so even though you feel fine now, it may be 5, 10, 15 years from now. All of a sudden, now you wake up, and to your point, you've got multiple plaques throughout your arteries. Um, you've got, you know, you've increased your risk of stroke, heart attack, kidney disease. And so really what we do earlier in life actually absolutely impacts us later in life. So it's never too late to start an exercise program. It's never too late to start a, a better diet. We know now how intimate... Um, your overall health is for the three things your diet, your activity, and your sleep cycle. Those three things absolutely affect your global health outcome and, and not just how long you live, how well you live. Yeah. So, in terms of, and everybody's seen these, you know, these 60, 70 year olds, like, oh my gosh, they got more energy than than I do and I'm 45, kind of thing. It's because of health, of lifestyle. Now, some of it's absolutely genetic, mm-hmm. there's a genetic component there. But we're finding more and more you can actually overcome some of your genetics yes. just by your lifestyle. <laughs> so if you adopt your lifestyle, you can absolutely overdo it or, or uh, overcome it.
0: So, blood pressure, uh, you know, I get mine taken every week, and sometimes based on, you know, caffeine or really? the time of day.
1: It, you get it taken every week or every day multiple well, not, times? No, I don't do it quite he like it. He has that. his own.
0: No, we do have the cuff at home. Um, but, like, what should it be? Because from what I've been told before by somebody that I, I work with, they've kind of said that the blood pressure numbers, the ideal numbers, kind of tend to fluctuate based on time and research.
1: Well, yeah. So it just depends on, um, and it has changed. But generally speaking, we want your blood pressure. You know, they, they used to be like a 140 over 90. It used to be kind of, but now we're finding that really the the lower numbers, you know, kind of a 130 over 80 or less is really where we'd, we'd like to see you. So here's the key about blood pressure. Your blood pressure only goes up as you get older. So whatever your blood pressure is now and whatever it consistently is at this time, it's going to creep up over time. So you need your blood pressure really as low as you can get it right now in, those, in, the, in the lower range knowing that 10, 15, 20 years from now, it's going to continue to increase because it has to do with the, the hardening of your arteries. And we know that that occurs over time. We know that your arteries get stiffer over time. Um, and so we, you want to start out lower. And that's where, again, activity for sure, um, that, that, that makes a big difference in terms of um, in terms of what your blood pressure will be when you're in your 60s, 70s, um, 80s. But they—it's it, interesting that you say that. We have kind of there's a couple of um, couple of different groups that have kind of bounced around in terms of what blood pressure you know should be, and depending on like the American Heart Association, you know they actually kind of created this whole well normal should be between you know 120 to 129 uh, mm-hmm. over 80 to 84 high normal you know 130 to 139 over 85, and then they talk about high blood pressure being greater than 140 over 90. Okay. And um, so they've kind of started to look at breaking it down into these different ranges um, to kind of give people a better idea. And I don't know if that was because, you know, people said, "Hey, I'm one I'm 135, I'm good." And so they didn't think anything about it. Or, you know, I don't need to exercise, cause I got a blood pressure less than 140. When really that was in the high normal range and and if you didn't do anything, your blood pressure's going to go higher as you get older. So maybe that was the the idea behind it. I'm really not 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 sure why they did that, but Generally speaking, you certainly you'd love to have your blood pressure. Depending on your age, you'd love to have your blood pressure down in the one twenties, you know, over eighty or less, uh, if you can.
0: So, is there anything I can do, kind of like to rotor rooter my arteries and stuff like that,
1: <clears throat> at this point? Or so, is there's it... medication. Yeah, there's medication. We don't. I don't know that we we don't really advocate for the rotor rooter unless <laughs> they, no. there's a, there's a rotor rooter that you can do, but you, that's only if you're like like in an emergency situation. But yeah, yeah. um, uh. So that's where some of the cholesterol medicines come in. Some of the cholesterol statins; those medications have been shown over time to actually um, improve uh, the thickening of the arteries. Uh, now, again, that's also to where a good diet comes in. So some of the some of the um, things, the um, the fatty acids, the omega threes, and things like that, and some of the the dietary things that you can take in with a with a larger plant based diet, more fruits and vegetables, those can actually help you in terms of that plaque formation. Mm-hmm. um so yeah there are things you can do and so and that's one thing too i think people need to realize it's never too late to start like right. it's never too late to start a healthier diet a, an exercise routine you don't have to go out and run you know five miles just you did not know, walk around your neighborhood mm-hmm. um people would be amazed at how much that would that would impact them if they could just do that you know several times a week
0: there you go y'all he is a, a, a bona fide genius, certified genius. I mean, <laughs> can you tell by talking to him? You can just hit him with anything and he has answers. Yeah, He's like a jukebox. <laughs> <Nice>.
1: <laughs> I don't know about all that. You know, he
0: is doctor. So, what, what?
1: Well, so I was going to mention. What? Uh-uh. Um, don't forget your screening exams. For what? Uh, for More like mammography, colonoscopy, things like that. Oh, here we go. Yeah, um, you,
0: you were telling Brandon he was already past due. This is a personal message. I have a feeling.
1: Brandon, yes mammography i mean no, colonoscopy. <laughs> you, need, you need to need to be sure so that started at age 45 and yeah. that's for colon mm-hmm. cancer okay. so for everybody that is for everybody that is listening that is 45 or older if you have not had a colonoscopy you need to get one mm-hmm. um, just had mine i would recommend people have somebody with you a trusted friend okay. probably at right, the same time to keep you from talking um after the medication
0: <laughs> wait a minute no right, we don't want to keep that from no, happening we no. want to get out our phones and record no not yeah, a
1: good idea is, yeah those medications are it's like truth serum
0: shane which, tell uh, me this is not something you just experienced
1: just if oh yeah yeah money but and they the the prep was the worst part i'll be yeah. honest with you the prep is. and hey a matter of fact you asked about this last week like didn't you, wasn't your wife doing a colon cleanse or something
0: like that? Well, she want, I don't know that it was necessarily a colon cleanse, but she was thinking of trying to do a, like a cleanse.
1: Well, and Brandon, who yeah, signs up for that? I'm telling you, I did that Sunday night, and I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me? Like, who this?"
0: <laughs> Brandon is trying to set up something with a uh, company where he's wanting a documentary about following him on his no. Uh, journey. No, we're not. No, oh, we're that's not. A great idea.
1: No, that'd no. be awesome.
0: Yeah, I'd be canceled within fifteen seconds. <laughs>
1: That would, be, that would be awesome. That would be one. awesome. <laughs> so did you do okay, though? No, no, it was fine, yeah. No, it, I mean, it was, I mean, really, the. Um, and I'd heard, I'll be honest with you, I was nervous, but um, I'd heard the worst part was the the prep before, and mm-hmm. it absolutely was, was the worst part, because the procedure itself, it's like, okay, we're going to give you some medicines. And like, then I kind of woke up, and I was like, where am I? <laughs> so oh, It was kind nice. of, it was over uh, pretty quickly, so they... They uh, give you some sedating medicine, which, again, apparently uh, creates loose lips.
0: Oh, so, what hey, did you say?
1: Colleague or spouse with you? No, I'm not taking and my Brandon, spouse. There's no way I'm taking my spouse. If you
0: already have loose lips, Brandon, there's no <laughs> telling what would come oh, out of your man, I'm
1: telling you, like it's game on when you when you come out from that thing. Like Jay, I was saying things, that my wife was like, "Yeah, I had to, I had to keep you quiet." <laughs> like like people in the curtain next to you, were like, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> hey, there's the dean of the medical school over here running oh, his yeah. mouth. It was a, yeah, it was a. It was interesting. I,
0: give, I, I, I want to give you a compliment.
1: I would choose you to go with me
0: because I think whatever I said, you would keep secret, and nobody else would.
1: <laughs> because he has to. Has
0: to no, no has I trust Shane. There's no telling what I would say. My wife would hold it against me for the rest of my life.
1: Oh yeah, no, it's a, everything comes out. You just got to uh, know that there's a things become uninhibited uh, under those medications when you when you come out. But um, is there any yeah. truth to
0: the fact that you're going back for another one next Monday? <laughs>
1: You're an idiot. So, it, I'm going back for another one.
0: Oh no. Just I'm to just make sure,
1: years, man, I'm
0: out. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yo, he is the dean yeah. of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas state. <laughs> Dr. Feelgood, Dr. Shane Spites. Thanks, man. And we'll talk to you again next Wednesday. All
1: right. See you guys. Take care. <laughs> <Let's> see.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs>